Well, I need, to, I need the kids to come back up, but also the teens, too. Teens, you guys come up, too. That, that'll make this even more interesting. Hannah, come on. Come on, guys. So, so we're going to do something very, very simple, all right? Not sure. We're going to do something very simple, all right? I, I do. I'll, I'll, I'll have a conversation with her. Thank you. I, I appreciate your participation. All right, so we have one rule in this game. The rule is follow me. I say follow me, and there's questions. What, what are the questions? What, what do I mean? I mean follow me, okay? Well, if I go to Chick-fil-A, I would hope you would follow me. All right, are, are you ready? That is, it is close, but we would be first in line for tomorrow. All right, follow me. Follow me. Everybody following pretty good? I like how we naturally formed a single file line. Everybody's following. Oh, Riley's thinking about stopping. That's, that's no good. Everybody's still following back there? We, we, got, we got everybody? Taylor's having fun following. All right. Let's stop here. Okay. Well, what what did we just do? You followed me. Okay. Did uh did anybody pick up anything along the way? Taylor, what what did you pick up? A c- candy. Well, why'd you pick up candy? Because you wanted to. It was just there. It looked good, right? Okay. For the record, I didn't prepare her or tell her to take the candy. This was just, that was perfect because you did it the last second. Did you guys see the candy? <laughs> Hannah saw it. Harlan didn't. It. You guys saw it? Okay. 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 Well, today, listen, today we're going to talk about following Jesus. And I am far from Jesus. But a lot of times when we follow Jesus, we see things that look good along the way, right? Taylor did. And Hannah saw it. Hannah didn't grab it, but she saw it. And uh, as we follow Jesus, Jesus is, I like how Sam had a question, because Jesus' instruction is, follow me. And then we all have questions, right? What does that look like? How do we do that? When, what, what do we do? But we learn as we follow. And so that could be why the teenagers weren't as tempted because they're a little bit older and they kind of thought, oh, maybe something's up with that candy. And Harlan didn't even see it. He was too focused on, on the task at hand. But Taylor, it, it became too much for Taylor, and she grabbed a piece of candy. And that's okay, Taylor. Thank you for teaching us that today. But, Taylor, as we follow Jesus, though, there's going to be some things along the way that look pretty good. And sometimes we can grab them and sometimes we can't. Well, all of you can grab one of the pieces of candy, or, or yeah, you can grab one or not, but on your way to your seat, 
here's a lifesaver. Oh, it's like a hunt now. I guess nobody saw the ones on the drums. Yeah. Th- all right, I think you got all of them. Good job, guys. Well, you guys can go sit back down, but as I talk about following Jesus, I want you to think about what we just did. And Taylor, thank you for taking the candy. That was very helpful. <laughs> then I, I, we would have had to play pretend. Well, following Jesus, that's a phrase that we've heard a lot. We hear it all the time. We use it all the time. Some people don't even use the term Christian. Some people say, I'm a follower of Jesus, right? And, and it's, it's just used so commonly that we don't even think about it. Well, back when I was in high school, uh, I used to use Twitter a good bit. Um, some of you might use Twitter. It's a social media platform, and uh, I don't really use it at all anymore. But when it first came out, I remember the coolest part about Twitter was my friends had Twitter, And it was not that my cousins who lived elsewhere had Twitter. But the cool thing was that celebrities had Twitter. And so, and and not even, you don't even have to think like super big movie stars, but even just people you looked up to, or even uh, like in the the church, there would be pastors that had Twitter accounts. And uh, there were TV shows and musicians and all those people had Twitter accounts. And so on any given day, you could get on Twitter and see what Dwayne The Rock Johnson had for breakfast. Before Twitter, we would never know. But because of Twitter, we know. Or we could see that Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler were on the golf course together. How cool. We, we would never have known that, unless maybe we read it in a magazine somewhere. It was like we had direct access to them almost, but in all actuality, they had no idea who we were. But if you've never used Twitter before... To, to see what other people are putting out there and posting, you have to find their profile, and you go to it, and when you open it up, there's a blue button, and it says, follow. And if you follow somebody, you can set it up to where your phone will ding every time they put something on Twitter. And there's a few people that I would recommend not following on Twitter because they tweet all the time, and so your phone would just continuously go off. But in today's society, I think it's tough for us to think about the word follow. Because on Twitter, for me to follow a celebrity, or even if I wanted to follow Anna on Twitter, it, it wouldn't mean anything for our relationship. It would literally mean I could see what she was posting. Wouldn't make us any closer it wouldn't, you know, commitment there. I could read her tweets when I wanted to and forget about them when I wanted to. But yet, we use this same term through several social media platforms nowadays. But it's the same word that we use about our relationship with Jesus. And today I hope that my relationship with Dwayne The Rock Johnson is different than my relationship with Jesus. Because The Rock has no idea that I exist. But Jesus sure does. And so we have to face these things differently. If I, if I could, I wish we could just add words to our vocabulary, which people do that these days, and they catch on, and then they get added to the dictionary. But that's not an option today. Today we're going to look at Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. And I invite you to stand as, as I read the word of the Lord today in honor of the Lord's word. 
As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went into another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back. And say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord, and we say, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. See, this is kind of an interesting text. First off, because Jesus has these conversations with three different strangers. uh, People that we don't get their names. We don't get anything about them. But... We don't even get what their responses are to Jesus. But we just get this interaction. So the first one that approaches, he addresses Jesus and says, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, Harlan was ready to follow me all the way to Chick-fil-A. And that's not that far by car, but, I mean, walking in this heat. That would have taken us a little bit to get down Dawsonville Highway to Chick-fil-A, and then we would have gotten there and been upset that we had to wait till tomorrow to eat. Wherever you go, that's, that's pretty bold. This guy was ready to go. Then Jesus' response, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. You know, following. Following is something that we can forget about. We can figure, forget about it pretty easily in our, our culture and our society. For why do we need to depend on Jesus for direction when we know that we're going to work from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday? We play board games with the neighborhood on Tuesday nights. We have church on Wednesday nights. And on Saturday, we cut the grass. Pretty simple, right? Most of you think, yeah, that's pretty close to my schedule this coming week. We have our lives scheduled and mapped out. And and so following can kind of get lost because... We've got a plan, and we know what's going to happen. I think the disciples probably fell into this too. Even after they, they had met Jesus and encountered him and they were following for a little bit, they probably started to get into a little bit of a routine of, all right, we're in a new city. We're going to set up camp here for a few days. We know that John cooks the meals and that Peter goes and gets the firewood. And we know that you know this guy does this and this guy does that. And we just kind of wait for Jesus to say we're moving on, and then they pack up and they move on and they go repeat. Jesus seems to do the same things. He goes, he preaches, he teaches, he comes back, he goes off and he prays, he disappears. And then Jesus comes back and says, let's go. And, And it's kind of apparent to us that the disciples really didn't have much of a part in that going away and praying thing, because any time in scripture that they did, it says they fell asleep. 
So this wasn't something that they were practicing all that much. But Jesus' responses to these three people is just quite fascinating. It's, it's as if he's giving each one a warning about what following will actually mean, what following will actually cost. Things are going to change, and every day is going to be different. If you're wondering why you haven't reached anyone for Jesus lately, it could be because you need to shake up your routine. You know, I fall into this a lot, especially in the first year of, of pastoring here, trying to find my schedule, and I'm a routine kind of person. But, you know, this week I had a conversation with somebody about our church. And you know where I had it? At the gas pump. In the church van. And it was somebody that I had met a couple of months ago. But my thought was, man, if, if I was just in the office, this conversation wouldn't have happened. If, if I had looked at the clock and said, Ryan, it's 5 o'clock on a Friday. You're supposed to be at home. The conversation wouldn't have happened. But just because it, I was about out and about and doing things that needed to be done and not too worried about the schedule, organically a conversation happened. And the best part was is she brought up the church. <laughs> it wasn't even my doing. And in that time, I could have easily just been like, yeah, we're right there, you know. But it was in that moment that I realized, just pause. Everything will get done. Enjoy the conversation. If we want to follow Jesus and introduce others to him, we've got to be conscious of the rut that our routines can put in us and realize that ministry takes intentionality. You know, I, I think about this even with, you know, we live in the world of online dating, right? And, and I, I think online dating is a good thing. I mean, my sister, she met her husband online. Not, it's not a bad thing at all. But you know why people date online? It's because they look at their routine of life and they say, well, I work in an office with five other people. They're all married, so I'm not going to meet anybody at work. I, I, I go to the gym, but I go to a gym and work where there's just guys. I'm not going to meet a lady at the gym. And at my church, there's, there's nobody in my group. So where else am I going to meet somebody? So they go online to try to meet somebody because they look at their routine and they realize it's not going to happen. So I ask you, where in your routine is there places to talk to people about Jesus? <laughs> where are there places where, where you say, I'm available here. We're going to do whatever here. I, I'm guilty of that. It's easy to look at our routine and say, well, no wonder I'm not talking about Jesus. 90% of the time, I'm the only person at at the office at this time and or I work from home and I, I don't see anybody and I just I go to church where everybody already knows about Jesus it takes intentionality you know we don't we don't see how these people respond to Jesus but I can't help but think about what if and for many of us I think what if can easily creep into our minds in a lot of ways in life so when, when the man says, let me go back and bury my father. We don't know what his decision was, but either way he chose, I'm sure he had what-ifs in his mind. If he decided to follow Jesus and he left his family, he's still probably burdened by that thought of, what if? What if I had gone back and buried my father? Or he's encouraged by his time with the disciples and with Jesus that he thinks, what if I had done that? I would have missed out. 
or quite the opposite. If he did go back and bury his father, what if I had followed that man? How would life have been different? What if? And many of you today sit in here and you have what ifs in your life and you think, what if I had taken that job? What if I had never gone to that place? What if we had never moved? What if we didn't sell the house? Playing the what if game can be very destructive. Very, very destructive. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, For freedom you have been set free, and do not go back to a yoke of slavery. What does that mean for us? That when we're asking what if, we need to remember that we have been set free. Meaning, we're not to carry around those what ifs, those guilts, those thoughts of what if I had fill in the blank. But that Christ says, you've been set free from that and carry it with you no more. I can't help but remember when I went off to college and, you know, my, my, my parents came up with me. Uh, we, we dropped all my stuff off at Treveco. We got my dorm room set up. Everything's good to go. And I remember looking out the window as my parents pulled off of campus for the first time. And kind of that sinking feeling in your stomach of, here we go. And I looked out that window for maybe a minute or two and watched them pull away. And it got pretty real, and you know that mom is crying as she pulls away. And dad maybe a little bit too in my scenario. But in that moment, I just remember thinking, what's next? What? And it was probably just 30 seconds or a minute. It wasn't a long time. And then one of the guys in my suite walks in, Ryan, we're going to dinner. And I turn around from that window, and I never looked back. You know, <clears throat> following Jesus, it, it's, it's a lot like that. Jesus says, follow me, and we get that sinking feeling. We, we think, can I? Will I? And when we take that step, that sinking feeling can go away pretty quickly. You know, Trevecca goes as far as... The semester starts in late August, and Trevecca has classes on Labor Day. Do you know why Trevecca has classes on Labor Day? Because they're scared that students will just get to college. They'll spend a week or maybe 10 days there, and then they'll go home for Labor Day. And they will realize home is so much more comfortable. I love my routine. I'm not being challenged. College looks hard. I'm just going to stay here. And I don't know if Trevecca has always done that or if they learned it the hard way and had too many kids not come back from Labor Day. But church, this is, this is why Jesus is saying, anyone who puts their hand to plow should not look back. Because essentially that's what would be going on. We would begin to follow and then we would go and say, oh, but at home, we had air conditioning. It was nice. Mom always cooked. It was great. But Jesus is looking at you and saying, there is work to be done. Leave your comfortability. 
and follow me. Now, I was so glad that the kids had questions when I said to follow me because that's what happens here. These people have questions. Well, can I go do this? Well, can I just take care of this one thing? And Jesus is never really a man of many words, but in this case, he's a man of few words. And he just says, follow me. It's pretty cut and dry. Either you're going to do it or you're not. I think that there is something to be said here about you following Jesus and me following Jesus, but there's something to be said about us as a church following Jesus. Because I do, I firmly believe that it's possible that we can be a congregation of quite a few Jesus followers, but we as a church aren't following Jesus. I think it could be very possible in in any church to say that there are some people in there that are really seeking after the Lord and following with all their heart. But we as a church, maybe, maybe not. So what does it look like as one body, as one people, to say we, Gainesville Church of the Nazarene, follow Jesus? Part of that is what I just talked about, of shaking up that routine, of saying, where in here, where in our schedule, our weekly schedule, are we looking like Jesus? Where in our schedule are we purposefully setting aside time to meet new people, to disciple new people, to, to grow relationships with different people? You see... When, when we begin to do that as a church, we will begin to see that others, we are inviting others into this. But if we just think that we're going to be able to just sit around and keep our regular old routine and just hope that one Sunday we show up and never, the pews are full and, and everybody's happy, happy, joy, joy, that's just not the case. We've got to put our hand to the plow and not look back. Just a couple examples of this, and I, I, there was a great video that I could not put my hands on this week to show for this, but a couple of stories. My very best friend, Wesley, he, we, we became really close in high school. We were on high school soccer together. He basically lived at my house uh, every weekend, and, and as I was preparing to go to college, uh, well, actually, Wesley's a year older than me, and he knew that I wanted to go to Trevecca and like half of our youth group, we were all planning on going to Trevecca, and everyone was just gung-ho about it. And I remember clearly Wesley talking to me in my kitchen. And he's like, Ryan, I just don't think I'm supposed to go to Trevecca like everybody else. I was like, well, okay, yeah, that, that's cool, man. Like, no, no hard feelings. And he's like, no, like, I think God is calling me to minister on a non-Christian campus. And I thought, wow, what a thought. And, and I, I, I believe that Wesley could have suppressed that thought and said, no, I'm just going to go to Trevecco where my buddies are and we're going to go and I'll have a great time. But you know what happened? Wesley went to Columbus State University. And he, I think he was studying journalism when he first got there. And then he changed his major and 
And he started getting involved in this organization called Chi Alpha, which is just a Christian organization on college campuses. And today, Wesley is the director of Chi Alpha at Tennessee State University alongside his wife, Haley. And they're making a difference in the life of college kids. And they didn't go to Trevecca. They didn't go where the rest of the teens were going and everybody was jumping on board. But Wesley listened and said, God has called me to this. And he didn't, he didn't even expect to be in ministry when he went to Columbus State. He just said, I think I'm supposed to go and be a part there. And God was so faithful and still is. And they now have a baby and they have, their ministry is just so fruitful. I have a friend named Mark. And you guys thought you hired a young pastor. Mark was 23 when he started a church plant. He was a part of a church church. Uh, and he was on staff there, and they said, we want to plant a church, and we want you to pastor it. 23 years old. And uh, I remember Mark calling me, and he's like, well, I'm moving. It's like, okay, good. Where are you moving? Well, McMinnville, Tennessee. Okay, why? Well, I'm, we're, we're planting a church. And, uh, and he and his wife, Megan, they stepped out on faith, and they went, and they did it. And, I mean, of course, we've had conversations over the last few years of Mark calling, and this is a struggle, and this is hard, and this is different, and, and I don't know what to do. And, and I didn't have answers, but I was just listening. And, but today, that church is, is fruitful, and it's reaching its community. And I think they just sent like 10 kids to their kids' camp, and about 10 teens to their teen camp. And they have a building, and, and things are going super well. Guys, sometimes Jesus looks at us and says, follow me, and it's clear. And there's so many great things that can happen. But we want to ask, what if? Or we want to say, let me go do this instead? You know, I, I think that even in a room this size, there, there are people in this room that are called to be doing things that we're not doing. Myself included. And I'm not saying, you know, something crazy like you're called to go pastor a church even. But there are things in our community that need done that I believe that God is calling you to and calling our church to. And we can easily stay in our comfort zone. Or we can step out on that. Richard Gula in his book, To Walk Together Again, says that our relationship and response to God are going on all the time, whether we want them to or not. This week, whether you recognized it or not, you said yes to God about some things, and you said no to God about some things. And maybe like last week, maybe you were just at a spot where you weren't ready to listen for the whisper, and you were just wondering what God was doing in the world. Whether we recognize it or not, every action we take, we're either saying yes to what God is calling us to or we're saying no. And, and not to, not to try to over-spiritualize every detail of every day, but there are times this week where God nudged you to do something and you either did it or you didn't. And if that didn't happen, then maybe you ask the Lord to make you more aware of those times. But it's happening all the time. And I think God is continually calling our church to things. 
It's just up to us to respond and say, okay, I'll follow. I'll follow you there. You know, we, <coughs> we made some plans and the board, somebody gave some money to, to do a little bit of renovation and so we've made some plans to, to make some updates in the fellowship hall and make that space a little neater and uh, put some floors down and, and paint the walls in there and just liven it up a little bit. And I challenged the board at our last board meeting. I said, what if, there's that what if, what if the very first event that we hold in the fellowship hall is not for us at all? What if we, we host an event there, a fundraiser of some sort or a benefit for somebody else, for an, an organization in the community, for somebody that is not us, just to say, God, you've blessed us with this space. Let us bless others with it. And so we're, we're in the works right now of making that happen and uh, what that'll look like. But I think that's what the, those are the kind of things that we have to start listening for and saying, God, you're calling us to do something different. You know, we could easily hold a dedication back there. We could have a little get-together of us. But God has gifted us this space for others, for our community. And so I invite you over these next few weeks to begin to listen and continue to listen and discern, am I following Jesus or am I just in a good American Christian routine? Am I stuck in a rut or am I actually following Jesus? And when you're actually following Jesus, let me tell you what happens. Random conversations, things come up, and you begin to realize, thank you, Lord, for that. That was such an incredible moment that benefited somebody besides myself. Well, today I invite you, let's, let's spend just a moment in prayer together to seek God, to say, Lord, we want to follow. We want to we know what that looks like and um, pray for your, your weekly schedule, your routine. In what ways does it need shaken up so that you can best follow the ways of the Lord? Let's pray together. God, today we are grateful for your spirit. We are thankful, God, that you still call us to follow. Lord, it even got tough for the disciples when you were there physically in front of them to follow. God, help us to be encouraged today that maybe even if we've never said yes to following you, that today we can say yes. Maybe we've been wrapped up in the what-ifs of life. What if I had done this? What if I had done that? God, would you set us free from that? we so easily get entangled by that. God, would you help us shape our routines? Help us to notice the people around us each and every day. Help us to know that people are in desperate need of a friend. People are in desperate need of a listening ear. And we can be that for them. Lord, today would you Continue to guide our church in ways uh, that maybe you, we haven't seen before. Maybe we need to be shaken up as a church. Lord, show us ways in which we can best follow you as a corporate body to look like Jesus in Gainesville, Georgia this year. It's going to look different than it did last year, and it's going to look different than it will next year. But right now, we just ask that you continue to guide us to what you're calling us to. 
Lord, we want to be faithful followers. And Lord, if we, we pick something up along the way that's not of you, would you correct us and help us to, to let go of it, to be freed from that, and to listen to your whisper as we talked about last week, and to be reminded that you are calling all things to be made new, including us. So help us today to be new creations, to be new creations made in the image of God that are on mission in the world, the mission that you have called your church to. So Lord, we ask all of this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, would you stand with me and receive a blessing? Lord, today... Allow us to be your hands and feet, to be people that put their hands to the plow and don't look back, for people that don't ask what if, and we just faithfully say we will follow you to the very ends of the age. Amen. Go in his grace and peace today.